Welcome to SickCast, brought to you by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path. Thank you for joining us for another discussion on Sabbath Hazare Bad Sahidasmi. This is the sixth podcast episode in a series of 11, and I hope you've been following along with us. My name is Jasleen Kaur, and I'm a research associate at Sikri. I'm joined today by Harinder Singh, co-founder of the Sikh Research Institute and Innovation Director. Guru Fateh Harinder Singh, how are you? To you and all the listeners, I'm well and hope uh, you're doing the same. Yeah, I'm excited to get started today. Um, as always, before we get into the conversation, I will play Harjinder Singh's recitation. Harjinder Singh is a research associate in Gurbani linguistics, and there's a little note about the pronunciation. The pronunciation follows the most simple and non-discretionary pattern meant for the masses. So it's pronounced the way it's inscribed. Let's take a listen. Vaheguru Ji Ka Khalsa Vaheguru Ji Ki Fatah Kalyan Patisahi Dasmi Bin Kartari Na Kirtam Mano Adi Ajun Ajay Abinasi तेह परमेश्वर जानो रहाव कहा पयो जो आन जगत मैं दस कु असुर हर काए अधिक प्रपंच दिखाए सबन कहा आप ही ब्रह्म कहाए पंजन घड़न समरथ सदा प्रभु सो किम जाति गिनायो ताते सर्व काल के आसिको काहे बचाए न आयो कैसे तोहे तार है सुन जड़ आप डुबयो पव सागर छुटयो काल फांस ते तब ही गहु सरन जगतागुर वाहे गुरु जी का खालसा वाहे गुरु जी की फतह Now that we've heard Rajinder Singh's recitation I'll read the English translation and we'll get into the conversation Kalyan sovereign 10 Do not accept anyone else created as the creator Consider the first, the unborn, the unconquerable, and the imperishable as the supreme ruler. Pause, reflect. So what if many came as incarnations in this world? So what if Hud, Vishnu, Krishna killed ten or so demons? Proclaimed himself to be Brahm creator after showing many plays. The divine is ever capable of destroying and carving. How can that one be shown and measured? This is why no one can save themselves from the strike of the sword of all death. O ignorant, listen, how can the one who is drowned in the world ocean ferry you across? When you take refuge in world source, only then will you be free from the noose of death. 
So Verinder Singh, um, I wanted to begin this conversation by asking you a bit about the title and sort of the context. So this composition you've titled Creator Ruler and asks the question, what is the ruler? So I was wondering if you could speak a bit about that. How do you understand this particular composition? What paradigms is the guru addressing? And importantly, what is the context? What is the significance of Galyan as a musical mode? Because this is also a new, a new musical mode in our series of conversations. Yes. Um, so Kalyan, you know, this word is used a lot today. It's a very common word. And I'm always interested in what people can understand this to be. In fact, uh, it's a name among six as well. Hmm. So generally when this word is being used, it's a, it's some something of, something joyous is being presented, you know, whether it is wealth, whether it is nobility, uh, maybe even a welfare of some kind. So you feel that you've made it essentially. You have achieved so the, the mood or the rust, the sentiment, the aesthetics of Raag Kalyan have to do with this idea of goodness, mm. this idea of what we generally religiously call being blessed. Mm. Uh, now, in the context of Sikhi, you know, this probably is uh, not just limited to that some sort of illusion of the reality is being uh, getting clearer to us that illusion of Maya is getting out. But in the context of this series, Sabadajare Pashai Dasmi, it is about the union is about to happen, right? In that idea of separation is going to be ended. So this is the, uh, the goodness in this particular uh, sort of a sentiment. Now about the uh, putting the title of creator ruler here. Well, because in the Rahau line, the word Parmesar came and that's the context here. It's a very, very common word. It is currently used a lot, a lot in not just Hindu traditions of South Asia, but many other traditions, including by six. Mm. We really need to understand what is this permission. Uh, it, as it came here, it's written Parmesur. The word is Paramishwara. You know, uh, in Hindu tradition, that refers to Shiva, mm. uh, who generally is a destroyer. But Param part, we need to understand very well. Param can mean any number of things. It means the supreme, the utmost, the best, the highest. And Ishwar is the ruler, owner, or the chief. Mm. Uh, so for Shiva's followers, he is the Parameshwar, which means uh, because the context is Shiva's, but it gets applied to Vaishnavites, which are the Hindu traditions of Hari as well. Uh, uh, so Parmesha essentially is the ultimate and the highest reality who is eternally ruling everything. Hmm. For Shaivites, Shiva is understood as being not just a destroyer then, but also the creator, perseverant, and the destroyer hmm. because he's the ruler of the world. So whenever the term Parmeshwar is invoked, it is, not, it is not as we have reduced it to spiritual elements only. Ishwar actually, Isha, Ishwar, Parameshwar is the one who is the ruler, the ultimate ruler of the world. Now, in that sense, if you look at it now, you will be able to see that the creator is being presented as the ultimate ruler, not a particular mythological understanding of who is a creator for either the world or for the certain group of people. Yeah, that's really helpful. And, and it kind of brings me into my next question, which is about the first two lines, because that's where we're asked to 
reflect. Um, so the Guru says, do not accept anyone else created as the creator. Consider the first, the unborn, the unconquerable, and the imperishable as a supreme ruler. And I think I'm understanding now like what the Guru is doing here. Um, but it feels like kind of an urgent paradigm shift because I know that later on we get into kind of being addressed as ignorant. There's like a little bit more urgency in this one um, than I think in the last one. Um, and so I just wanted to understand, like, is it that um, the, like, is it that the first, the unborn, the unconquerable, these are all kind of getting at um, not just the ruler who is supreme but also like there is like an element of like battle that is invoked later on and i wanted to ask because like unconquerable feels very much tied to like the next line that talks about these kinds of like battles and um sort of struggles um that people might be sort of that might be popularly understood by people so i wanted to understand unconquerable um, and also imperishable I see as like part of that kind of thing because people get defeated, maybe people lose and maybe people go, come and go. But like, what is it about being unconquerable and imperishable that, yeah, that makes Ikonkar different? I know the answers, but I wanted to ask you um, about those implications. Well, the, I mean, I don't know if I have all the answers, but yeah. I can I can get into some of the words. Sure. So the, in the Rahaulain itself, the first one ends with mano, mm -hmm. and the second one ends with jano. So in one case, we are being told, don't accept this. Yeah. And what is it that we don't accept? That anyone, any earthly authorities, any imaginary authority, mm -hmm. any blank authority, you know, and blank, you fill in the blank. Do not think that that person is the creator. So that's a very direct uh, indication to all of us. Because in the previous Shabbos, if you remember, the first three were really internally focused. Fourth one is talking to the divine. This one is talking to all of us. If you're interested in Guru Gobind Singh's paradigm, he's saying, to me, the ultimate creator, you cannot call anyone else a creator except the one he calls the creator. So the Kartar is creator and Kirtam is the one who are being created. He's like, do not consider anyone who's being created on this earth as the creator. Mm -hmm. So that's very clear, right? And then the, uh, uh, the Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj goes into explaining what that is. And he gives some qualities of his. The one who was from the beginning, mm -hmm. the one who has never taken any shock, uh, born on this, which means not in the cycle of life and death, mm -hmm. which means no gender is associated with all the things which we do. Unconquerable is pretty simple. Nobody can defeat this anytime, anywhere. And this one is not going anywhere. That's imperishable. And if you understand these qualities, you will call that creator who is, who is the primary one, who's never born, who's not conquerable, who's not perishable, mm -hmm. as the supreme ruler, as the professor, Jano, which means consider it, realize it, acknowledge it. Because what have we done on the earthly authorities in various religious systems? We have made someone else to be the supreme ruler. In fact, the phrase is used quite often, uh, historically, uh, not just in the Indic world, the global world. Yeah. You know, so many people have declared themselves to be the Parmeshwars, supreme rulers. Uh, and Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj 
uh, is telling us that only the creator is the supreme ruler. Yeah, and I think similarly to what we've discussed in previous podcast episodes, I think that connection to like this isn't just this isn't just being addressed to like particular people in a particular context and time. Um, there is a way to understand this in our own context, and this idea that like we place rulers or worldly like powerful people on some kind of pedestal, um, I think is like resonating with me now, now that you've explained that. Because <laughs> every time we talk, have these conversations, I'm like, how is this related to, because I'm not in this context specifically, but yeah, it's much bigger than that. So thank you for that kind of framing. That's really helpful. Um, no, no problem. And the next lines will actually show us that we are all witnessing some drama. Yes, and that's great because I'm going to ask you about that line. <laughs> so Guru Gobind Singh says, so what if many came as incarnations in this world? So what if Hud, Vishnu, Krishna killed 10 or so demons? So what is that then getting at? What is the drama you're referring to? Yeah, he uses the word prapanch. Mm -hmm. And in fact, let me start with that. Prapanch is where you have an appearance of something. You know how we call it gambit or a ploy or some show, right? Mm -hmm. And then what is behind that is there is some falsity to it. There is some illusion, intrigue, or duplicity, or deceitfulness, and, but it's an artfulness as well. That's why it makes it a good drama, you know. And that's why we binge watch things on Netflix and Amazon Prime these days, you know, because they create these things, this propunch, yeah. which is uh, we see ourselves in it, but we see much more in it, mm -hmm. you know. And that's the propunch. And when Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj is referring to this, and he says that first of all that Parmeshwar, in this case, is not just Shiva. It's like, I use Shiva's example to explain because they are the ones who originally used it the most of the time for Shiva. Mm -hmm. But the whole varieties of people use this word, including the Vaishnavite tradition. And this particular line is in the context of Krishna. Krishna is an incarnation of Vishnu, whose word used for that is also Hari. Mm -hmm. you know? So the one Hari, when it's being used by Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj, it is not as we use it, Hari in Grugansa most of the time, which is referring to the ultimate creator, it actually is referring to the incarnation because it says the one who killed 10 or so demons. So what we need to understand in this line is uh, the popular reference is, you've heard that phrase, right? There are 330 million incarnation in Hinduism. It's actually referring to that here. Hmm. So what if so many incarnations of Vishnu the several texts mentions incarnations of Shiva as well. But in Hindu tradition, they say there are 33 kinds of incarnation, mm -hmm. which are then extrapolated into 330 million incarnations. So Kahapayoso on Jagatme is referring to that. So what if many have come and out of that many, one of the incarnation is being mentioned and that one killed 10 or so demons because Krishna's story is popular, depending on which text you go by, uh, some say 10, some say 13, some say 17, 19. And that's why Guru Gobind Singh is referencing what average person knows. You know, 10 or so demons killed by the Har, who is the Vishnu incarnation, and you name them Sh uh, Krishna in this particular one. So essentially it's saying is this, they all create partic particular kind of pretense or a drama on this earth. And they convince many on this earth. And then they say, they are the ones who are the Brahmas. Mm -hmm. So they self-proclaim himself, in this case, 
the Hari, Vishnu, or the Krishna as the Brahm. And in the eyes of everyday people, that works because we are fascinated by these things, right? Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, I, I give Star Trek examples. I'll bring it there. Not every, I mean, people also like Darth Vader because there is a prapancha around him, <laughs> you know? And this similarly, I'm, I'm not saying Krishna is Darth Vader. What I'm saying is we all have our own dramas. Every culture, every religion, every mythology, in some world civilization likes this drama. We have our own versions of this in the era of, uh, you know, these uh, things on televisions and Netflixes, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And when we watch them, we start identifying with a particular hero. Mm -hmm. And what Guru Gobind Singh Sahib is saying, they are all basically incarnations. They all eventually left here. Yes, they killed a certain, certain amount of people, but that doesn't mean they have become God. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they have become creator or the Brahm. The idea of Brahm is the ultimate creator. And the Brahm is invoked because earlier Kartar was invoked. Mm -hmm. So do not conf confuse the self-proclamations of Brahm as creators as the ultimate creator. That's what's being referenced here. Yeah, that's really helpful. And I think, um, you know, you said Netflix shows. I'm like, I thought you, I thought you were going to say something about uh, politics. But, <laughs> you know, because it, it's also in real life, <laughs> too. Um, and I think that's helping me kind of understand things in my context as well. And, you know, the way that like powerful people put on these kinds of plays um, and become something like God men. Um, so that's really, yeah, that's really helpful. I'm not going to say any names, but I think we know. <laughs> well, it's not just the, the names we think. Everyone has those ideas of those people, right? Yeah. Because what is really relatable here is, like you said, it's in politics as well. It's not just in the religious arena because it is a drama which is filled with fascinations and power plays. Yeah. And But the more most important part here, which we shouldn't lose fact of is, yeah. what Guru Sahib is saying is that, look, these may be extraordinary people. Uh, in fact, I think I wrote something about uh, extraordinary human beings, mythological heroes or sheroes, but no way you can start calling them the supreme rulers or creator. They may behave like that, mm -hmm. but listen to me. And I, I'm saying this to me, that I must listen to this statement of Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj instead of keep discussing what happened in the house of cards mm -hmm. or in the US presidential politics mm -hmm. or in the global, whatever your, your um, uh, sort of ecosystem is these days. Yeah. Don't get caught up in just in that ecosystem's description or particular facts or particular victories, mm -hmm. you know, but don't accept them as the ultimate reality, the ultimate creator and the ultimate supreme being. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. I think I understand those things. It's not just that they're, they're being pointed out as like showing plays, but also that they are part of this play mm. in some way. Um, and I think that's important to remember <laughs> as we kind of go through our own context. But um, yeah, thanks. I think uh, I did want to ask you about like a word choice question. Um, so in the line where you've translated as the divine is ever capable of destroying and carving, how can that one be shown and measured? Um, I was wondering about carving because mm. I 
think I usually see like creating and destroying as the duo <laughs> that's offered. So I wanted to understand um, why you chose the word carving and what you kind of see that um, see that word sort of, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that's a great question. You know, the, the options when you are translating also matter. And in this Shabad, uh, Dasme Pasha has written the word kartar and kirtam already. Mm -hmm. And for that, I'm using the word created and creator. And then this phrase came, which is panjan gadam. Panjana literally is to destroy it. Yeah. And then gadana is to carve it is what I chose to use instead of just writing creating. So it's just a word choice because there's a different word being used. And I can't keep using the same word if the Guru Sahib is using different word, just so the audience can relate to it. And carving makes a lot of sense mm. because when what is being carved? Our forms, mm. what is being destroyed, our forms. And carving also means that it is done in the image of the one. Mm. You know, so you're very much part of the one, but you're also being destroyed because you're temporary, because you and I are not imperishable, we are perishable. So yep. what is carved gets destroyed. That was the reason to do that. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah, it's even, I mean, we ask that question on the Guru Gansar project a lot. It's like, why are we using the same word in English if the guru clearly chose a different word? <laughs> I think that that's a thing that we're we're cognizant of. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad to like know the sort of insights behind that uh, choice. Um, so I'd like to ask you about the next two lines um, where the guru says, "This is why no one can save themselves from the strike of the sword of all death." Tell me a bit about like the word choice there. Tell me a bit about all death. What is that referring to? Why did you not just write death? Sure. And this one was a little bit troublesome initially for me. And then uh, uh, I sort of looked into the higher framing for myself. You know, how is this word utilized within the larger context of the Banis of Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj and the ones which are attributed to him, but also Guru Granth Sahib. Because this idea of sarabkal, you know, sarabkal word also comes, sarabkal word also comes, and it's used in two contexts, honestly, because it can mean all time as well, mm. and not just all death. Just like we are used to the word, you know, akal for akal, there means time or death, mm. uh, or beyond time and beyond death in that context. So here, it was really the context which told me this, because look at the lines before, what's being described. Uh, but and and the this is why context really matters. Sarab just means all. Kal just I chose to work with death because that's what's being described in these uh, uh, lines previously. And in the Rahau line, Guru Gobind Singh Maharaj invokes that don't consider anyone else to be the creator. Anything which has been created cannot be the creator. And then it got into who killed how many demons. You know all these incarnations of Hari Krishna or Vishnu was right. It talked about so what if they came in this world and were able to show this drama? So there is a lot of talk about killing, killing of demons, killing of Rakshas in the context of the Indian mythology. And in that context, in this Shabad, Kal made a lot of sense to be used as a death. And Sarab Kal means all death. And I capitalize that because it is not referring to a particular gods or goddesses or mythological character who may be also identified as being Sarapkal, because that does exist in Indian mythologies as we've been talking about other words. Mm -hmm. So in order to 
not have that confusion that who is this referring to? This is referring to the creator, the creator who is also not the one who just carves, but also the one who destroys. And the destruction part is Sarabkal. It is also under the command of the same one. And, and I got a help from a Bani called Japsa because that's where it, it may confuse some people, you know? Uh, how is this, how can you salute or how can you uh, celebrate uh, something which destroys everything? Well, because that is part of the creator for us. Namo Sarvakala, it says in uh, Japsa, for example, Namo uh, Kalakala. So this idea is within built into uh, uh, the Sikh conception of divinity of Ekoangar. And within this Shabbat, it is very much clearly coming out. And that's what led me to use all death and capital for the one who was described as the the creator for Guru Gobind Singh Sahib. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I love the job side reference. <laughs> I think I think, yeah, it's um, you know, even even if we're like not even religious, like even people who are not working within those paradigms, I think think of death as this kind of force that feels sort of superhuman or above us or beyond us. And so this kind of like bringing death, even death under the umbrella of who the one is hmm. very, uh, very beautiful, very powerful. Um, so yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank and you. At a personal level though, uh, yeah. I do want to mention one more thing. So yeah. what is happening here is the attribute all death is an attribute of the one. Hmm. And what that does for us to understand is that there is nobody in the world who will not, who will escape the target of death, you know, which yeah, is yeah. inevitable for us. And we know that death is inevitable, including the superheroes which get mentioned. So when, when the all death strikes, which means this element of uh, in eventual death for all of us, uh, nobody can escape it. Nobody can escape death on this earth or even in their imaginations. Yeah. So how can we accept anyone who is an incarnate or a character or calls, self-proclaims himself or herself to be a creator or supreme ruler mm -hmm. uh, who's also dying? We can't. So the only one who's a supreme ruler, who's also a creator, then only is the one. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, I think, okay, I'm just going to ask you about the last two lines. So we'll just go through them one by one. Um, the second to last line, so the line that comes right after this says, oh, ignorant, listen, how can the one who is drowned in the world ocean ferry you across? So I know that we're, again, getting at this emphasis that like even the people that we have like placed on this pedestal are going to go. So how are they able to ferry us across? But I'm also wondering about like what it means to cross the world ocean versus what it means to drown. Um, and I also wanted you to talk about, to me, what I see as like two things kind of playing off each other at the beginning and the end of the line are this like the address of Oh Ignorant, which can be kind of jarring to hear <laughs> when somebody is saying like, listen to me. And then the end, this like visual of being ferried across. Um, because that implies that there is somebody who can do that and will do that if we know kind of who to go to. Um, and so I wanted, yeah, I wanted you to really get into this line. I think there's a lot to think about here. Well, let's make it more relatable because I think that's what you are referring to. I mean, we all of us do this. We may watch a particular 
science fiction movie or some other, you know, movie or a drama or a play or read a book. And we identify with it so much that we, we accept that as the reality. But we know that that's not the reality. In our reality, something else has to be done in order for us to ferry across this world ocean. So it's, uh, this is how I think Guru Sahib is saying ignorance is coming in. Ignorance is also when we are sleeping. Mm -hmm. Sleeping is when we are dreaming or daydreaming also, or we are imagining too much, right? So I think the ignorance part is that don't get taken in by the prapunch, as the word came earlier, the drama, the illusion of what is happening. And the reality is that you, people who are able to do that in the books or the videos or the movies, they're not the ones who can take you because they themselves have drowned. So how can somebody who is not faring across successfully themselves, mm. how can they take you anywhere? So which means it's a make-believe. It's just an idea being presented. Now, the, the, the larger question which you have raised, how the relatability to us and what is it, and then how am I going to go anywhere? If mm. I'm the ignorant one and I don't have those answers, I don't have, as the previous suburbs, Guru Sahib talked about the method, the union, the renunciation. Here, that's why the creator is being mentioned in such a highest levels. Yeah. Because creator is a positive idea. And death and news of death and all those phases which are coming and killing of demons, they're all within us as well, not just in those characters. Mm -hmm. So it's saying it very much can be done because this creative element of the one, if you accept that, will help you go across this dreadful world ocean as it's presented in the religious terminologies, not just in this Shabad of Guru Gobind Singh Sahib, but also in Guru Granth Sahib, many Shabads use that phrase, Pavsagar, or ocean, the world ocean, which is that in this life, how do you become successful? So you don't just buy into some afterlife or previous life. In this life, you become successful. Uh, you go across the world ocean because you're learning how to swim from a creator. Mm. The creator is the one who is your coach, not the ones whose dramas are there, which may be entertainment, which may be philosophical, which may be a data point to inspire us, but they're not going to do that for us. Your relationship with the creator is going to do that for you. Yeah, that's really helpful. And this also makes me think about like the way that I used to understand crossing the world ocean was kind of the visual of like, the world is like the bank. And we're like still on the bank the whole time. And then when we die, we get in the boat and we're off. But really, it's like we're already on the water. So like we're already on the way somewhere. It's just like what will get us across now. So that's a really helpful framing because I think it gets again at this idea that like the things you do now matter and not in the way of somebody is chalking up everything as like a point system and then you're told whether or not you can get on the boat it's like you're already here <laughs> so what are you going to do to keep swimming um or i guess keep rowing <laughs> <Mixed up. laughs> but yeah that's really helpful thank you um okay so then the last line but let me let me add one more thing to it because that prompted me to think about something else sure you know the, this idea about uh that you're going to, the, the, I actually want to invoke the actual line. It yeah. says, So it's actually a rhetorical question, mm -hmm. which means we are being asked to reflect on this, that how are we 
accepting this in our minds when we actually know this is not the case. Mm -hmm. So it's not being told. It's actually being, how come you are doing this? How can you accepting someone as your coach for swimming across this world, the one who is not able to swim across himself or herself? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important because jad part, that ignorant part is that, mm -hmm. the, which means we actually have an element within us which knows this is not the case. Yeah. And we are being reminded by the guru, you know that's not the case. Yes. <laughs> no, that's helpful. Thank you. Um, okay. Yes. So then the last line does offer hope, even as we're maybe we're still sort of stuck on being called ignorant, but that's just our human, our human tendencies when somebody kind of calls us out a little. So the last line says, when you take refuge in world source, only then will you be free from the noose of death? So what is world source? Because this is a, an invocation I have not seen before. Um, hmm. And I'm wondering what it's doing in relation to the like larger message of this composition where we have so many kind of characters being invoked or alluded to. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'm wondering about world source. That, that's a great ask, Jasleen. Look, Jagat part, the word is Jagtagar. And Jagat is the world, you know, the creation. And we generally stick to the world because we're used to world. We can touch, feel, and understand the world a little bit. And Jagtagar, the Agar is from the beginning, from the endless beginning, <laughs> uh, the, the, the origin of it, the origin of whatever, the whole idea, which is which we now call eternity. So this, this is the source of the world. And this is very, very powerful usage of the phrase by Guru Gobind Singh Sahib because what it does is it's telling us that whatever you're worried about in this world, it's been taken care of by the creator. So this is another attribute of the creator, Jagtagar, from the very beginning to the eternity for all times, the origin of things, the source of things, which means the origin, the source is not the people who are mentioned, whether they're mythological characters or not. They are just examples you and I are used to. They are the stories we are caught up in. And we are trying to debate whether a particular element of that story is accurate or not, historical or not. That debate is being uh, transcended by Guru Gobind Singh Sahib. When he says, our refuge, when we take sanctuary in Jagtagar, Jagtagar who's the creator, Jagta, uh, the creator who's also all death. You know, those are the same phrases, uh, two phrases of extremities you can say even coming into this particular Shabad. Mm -hmm. So that is very much, not a little hope, it is the hope for all times. It's a hope for all eras. It's hope for all people, you know, with various uh, uh, sort of understandings of how this world may operate. And we are being asked to look at, there is a source of this world. People may call them and may confuse them with particular earthly realities or imaginative realities, but the ultimate reality from the day one has been Jatagar, which is an element of the creator. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. I think, you know, for me, like having this conversation, listening to you speak a little bit more about this, um, this, this subad in, in detail, uh, I know that I'm going to like leave this conversation thinking about that word and also about all death. Cause you know, it's hard not to, it's, <laughs> but, um, yeah, for me, part of like, Part of what resonates throughout these compositions is those different invocations of divine attributes or divine names or qualities. And 
what they're doing in conversation with, with my context. Um, and so I was going to ask you sort of as a closing, and maybe you can weave this into sort of what you want people to take from this composition is like, is there a particular thing that stuck with you when you were working on this subid, um, or like something that you want people to kind of come away from this one with? Well, this one is Kalyan. And if you listen to the rendition of this by Paival Veer Singh, everyone wants to be happy at the end of the day, regardless of all the noises which may be bothering us, right? Yeah. Regardless of all the debates we might be caught up in. And this is why it ends with that, that yes, everyone can experience this ultimate happiness, this ultimate success, mm -hmm. have the kalyan in their lives. If the creator is in your life and not the created things as the ultimate source, so the world source for me, the all death for me, the first, the unborn, the unconquerable, the imperishable, and eventually the supreme ruler. Yeah. And I think this is very much the biggest idea here, that there is hope for everyone, there is happiness available to everyone, but who are you accepting as the supreme ruler? And this is very, very important because the politics of the rule we didn't get into because the Shabbat is not into but the Shabbat is alluding to it when it says certain people become the rulers in certain areas or certain eras. And the rulers for us has been, uh, because that's why I'm calling him Sovereign Ten, uh, Guru Gobind Singh Sahib, Padshai. He's a sovereign for us. He's a ruler for us. Mm -hmm. And in that ruler, he's telling us the ultimate ruler is the divine. So uh, in, in our learnings, if nothing else we can accept, I at least am asking everyone to accept Guru Gobind Singh Sahib as being an embodiment of the ultimate ruler because he visibly showed to us those qualities and he's teaching us in a very graceful manner, in a very direct manner, uh, how to have a kalyan in this world, how to successfully ride this world and become like the creator. That's great. Thank you so much. I always find these conversations very inspirational. I, I really hope that people who have been listening are also feeling inspired um, and and sort of empowered to kind of interact with these things on a personal level. So thank you. And um, that would be the way to end our separation, isn't it? Which yeah. is a hijra again. And because unless there is that connection uh, with the creator, with the supreme ruler, a separation continues because we are getting unionized or connecting with other personalities. Mm -hmm. So this is why this is part of Sabad Hajari. And uh, if you want to end your separation, here is another way Guru Sahib is telling us to accept Creator as the Supreme Ruler. One more thing before we go, just so that our listeners uh, know, is that the next the next podcast will be on six. So I do hope you join us next time. As always, questions, comments, send them to justlean.gore at sikri.org. And thank you, Harinder Singh, as always. Thank Bye. you, Justine, so, for weaving in great questions and. Uh, uh, posing specificities on particular words as well. I like that. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> Looking forward to the next one. Waiguruji ka khalsa, Waiguruji ki patte. For a deeper appreciation and connection with the Sabad, we have added Bible Beer Singh's rendition. We hope you enjoy it.
राग कल्याण राग कल्याण पातशाही दसवीं धन धन
Listening to Sick Cast by Sick Research Institute, illuminating every path.